0: CEO. Don't forget to add the two on one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application? Now get ready
1: for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. We are yeah. on a Wednesday.
2: Mm-hmm. This, is oh my goodness. Goodness. this is new.
1: This Robin is Leonard joins us once again. Welcome back, Adam, to Ontario. Um,
2: thank you. You're referencing the panda in the background <laughs> yes. of yes. my shot. I am back in Ontario. Uh, so, yeah, happy to be here.
0: Robin Leonard, in fact, is not joining us. Yeah, no, uh, it is a stuffed animal panda, not not, not actually Robin Leonard. Not Not yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. hopeful. Exactly,
2: exactly. (laughs) I'd like to have him on just to be like, so call coffee all day. Just for a bit of fun. Because you know Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard's a fun guy. We were so busy last episode with Will. It just everything I thought we talked about went on for so much like the the expansion stuff. Oh boy, that and the the Houston conversation was like a solid 40 minutes. So much so that um a good portion of today's show is actually what was supposed to be last show. Um, but we've got some more stuff that's happened since then, even more Olympic news. Uh the woman's world's happened or has finished, I should say, and that's gonna be really fun to talk about. Shout out Blair Turnbull. Um, some signings have been happening and all that, some conversation around some maybe trade targets. And all that. Um, so, fellas, I guess we should probably mention that. I, I just think it's, it's been a really great summer for Canadian athletes, especially the women. Going back to the Olympics, along the way of getting that gold medal, beating Megan Rapinoe in the States, always a great feeling. Um, beating the States, not just – I know people don't like Megan Rapinoe for whatever reason, but just, you know, beating the States is such a great feeling. Um see how, how upset she was about it. Oh, It was great. Uh, and then it continues last night uh, in the Women's World Championships, down 2-0 after the first period. Mary Phyllis Poulin in overtime. Who else but Captain Canada? Two golden goals in her career. Three total gold medals. She's gotten the game winner for every single one of them. And what a perfect shot it was. What was the call? She knows she scored. Freaking what a game. It was um, it
0: was something else to watch. That, that's for sure. Um, it, it was just you're right. Like just this entire summer for women's sports, like going back to uh, the not the World Cup, the Olympics, right? With the gold medal against Brazil, that was the the shootout. It just something else, and they actually got. I'm pretty sure they got like the majority of of Canada's first medals yeah um, they did. In, in the olympics but with the hockey game it was just the you when canada and the u.s play especially the woman there's there's something i don't know what the word is there's just this there's this extra oomph you know how we talk about that extra oomph with with players they, they all have it they all have it when they play against each other it it's 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 incredible to watch. Yeah, um, I um, think he would you know, just quick,
2: just quickly. I think yeah. you meant Sweden. That's who they beat. Sweden. Like in the Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sweden. Yeah. You, thought the,
1: you thought of the yellow flag. I
0: I don't know why I thought Brazil. Sorry,
1: that's okay. Um, yeah, for me that was a very intense game. So the way I kind of felt it was the back and forth after it became two two, but the amount of penalties Canada took. Like in the second and going towards the third, that just made me really nervous. But the last ten it was minutes of the
2: third were were very stressful.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that was probably one of the best games I've watched this year, and it's it's kind of amazing. Like where, where we always have this discussion where it's it's like there's no interest in female sports in terms of like the mass populace of things. But I I have to like look at this tournament and see that like there was the attention, there was the excitement. There was that factor that I think that really drew in a lot more people to want to watch this, especially I know because of the circumstances with COVID. But it just gave her another extension of like, listen, there's no other hockey going on right now. Like this was the perfect time to have the tournament.
2: What's what's the best part is this tournament d- nearly it didn't happen almost. I it got yeah. canceled earlier in the pandemic, and there was almost this call of like it, there was almost no backup plan from the double IHF. Uh, it was. It was, it was scary, man. Um, but it's just, what also is, is kind of rough about it, though, is you get reminded of how great, not only how amazing best-on-best Best international play is, but just, like, it kind of makes you so sad when, like, when you're looking at Blair Turnbull stuff and you see that technically she's not playing right now because of just the disagreement between different leagues right now, a.k.a., you know, the whole, the Players Association and just how desperately, we talked a bit about it with Will in the WNBA last episode, but like the the NHL itself right now, it's just we need to step in. But anyway, without going too far from it, I mentioned Blair Turnbull, former Wisconsin graduate, by the way, I found out yesterday. Um, had a good chance. I can't remember if it was late in the third or early in the overtime. She had a really good one-timer, but just couldn't get all of it. However, I think what might be one of the best moments in Canadian hockey history gets her medal when she's on the stretcher. She hurts herself in the midst of the celebration. By the way, I, I'm surprised injuries in the celebrations don't happen more often, but just the way they bring her out was like, there she is. She has the medal. She's going to the rest of the players. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like her skates off and like her ankle looks all messed up. It's, it was so cool.
0: Yeah. It's, it's those moments that make it for me, at least even more special in a way, because they're literally blood, sweat and tears and everything in putting everything into this tournament. Uh. and to win gold is uh, win gold win whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter it is a special moment and to see you could see the joy on every single person's face on the, on the ice for canada
1: mm-hmm. yeah the emphasis yeah, for canada just i thought i should add that <laughs>
2: If it's the states, we're just like, yeah, congratulations and moving on. (laughs) If the states won, if the states won, it would have been like, so why are we deciding a tournament on three on three (laughs) hockey? Oh my goodness. (laughs) The
1: amount of times before the game I saw the uh the shootout winner for the US, like the amount of times they replayed that everywhere.
2: Wait, what the oh yeah
1: (laughs) on um Shannon Sabados, like when she like when she bit on the Deke.
2: Well, it's been going back, I think, ever since the World Junior one, the, um, the Troy Terry goal, since that, then the Zabados incident, like, since then, it's always been this, like, why are we not just deciding this and just, why don't we just go continuous five on five overtime, first goal, sudden death? Like, you know, we should just do it. It's of like watching soccer, the hockey part of me is always like, why are we finally if, like doing this in penalty kicks? I just, I don't like it. But I mean, again, Canada won. So we're like, okay, good.
1: doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes,
2: exactly. Unless it's a hero,
0: it doesn't matter. That's the mentality in sports.
2: Yes. I saw the tweet saying, this is dumb unless Canada wins and they delete the tweet. And guess what? The tweets are still up. So um, (laughs) it's good. It's very good. By the way, Blair Turnbull uh, is, we're naming the episode after her because my, my goodness, hockey lore. Uh, I love it so much. Also
0: uh, in four months or five months Olympics. So this will be remembered. Good. Which is exactly
1: what we want, right? We want the momentum going. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't learn enough from the, um, from like, what was it? The four or five, nothing crashing. The Americans had in the the prelims didn't show up. Didn't want it hard enough in the gold medal. Maybe they're giving them a better shot at the Olympics, but I doubt it because, you know, (laughs) I'm setting myself up here, but it's,
0: (laughs) we know they will be there. Right. Yep. So,
2: well, I think I think Marie Philpulaus said in her post game, like, listen, the the big one's still coming up. Right. This was like the
0: preliminary tournament, I guess, in their eyes. I mean, it wins a win, but it's the Olympics. That's the biggest stage of them all.
2: Honestly, the women on the international stage, like, we talk about the golden goal, obviously, but like th- the American Canadian games are honestly legendary. Like every time they play, it's the it's it's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The yeah, yeah it's. Every, every time they play, it's sensational, um, you know, because they don't go silly and try and put, you know, just an applicator on their teams for World Cup's <laughs> <of> hockey. Good. <laughs> uh, we're still custom at home. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I just, just before we wrap this part up, unless yep. there was more to say, but I just, I think it's important. You brought it up earlier and the same discussion was had after Canada won um, gold in soccer that they're like, I hope, Watching this and the reaction on social media and you know just all all that stuff and what's been said about this team, like it it brings the PA and this NWHL closer together in terms of trying to figure out what they're gonna do. And I hope at the same time it brings it it wants the NHL should get involved. Like, I hope it, that's what it, that's what happens.
2: It's funny I, you should mention that, Alex, mm-hmm. because per Annalie Kaplan on Twitter, uh, this is from the 29th of August, September 1st. Isn't that wild? School next week. Mm-hmm. It's been a moving target, but all signs point towards a decision next week on whether NHL players are going to the 2022 Bayesian Olympics or not. Sources um, I've talked to suggest an agreement between the NHL NHLPA, the AAHF, and the Olympic Committee is close, just down to some final items. Um, and the NHL has planned for the All-Star Game in Las Vegas either way. Doop-de-doop. If the NHL players are going to the Olympics. They'll, um, ke- uh, they'll keep already released schedules with the fourteen sorry 16-day Olympic break, and players will fly to Beijing on Sunday from Vegas. If NHL players aren't going, new schedules will be released. So... As of now, the pointer, everything is pointing towards NHL players going to the Olympics, which is, uh, again, just who doesn't want them at the Olympics? Can who doesn't just, want the NHL players there?
0: Can I just say how happy I am to be wrong?
1: You yeah. like, we were sure. doubtful for a while.
2: I mean, I, I, with, that, with cause.
0: Yeah, no, no, I've, with cause. But like, there's things that you you don't want to be wrong about, and there's things mm-hmm. you want to be wrong about. And this is one of the things I want to be wrong about. I'll put it in that category.
1: I was like in a gray zone with this. Just I didn't want to deny nor confirm my excitement of what was going to happen. So I'm just, okay, whatever happens, happens. And I don't know. Now we could, uh, now I'm pretty happy that we could rehash and look back on our list when the NHL season starts and just like kind of, kind of look at, okay, what stacks against uh, what a potential team would look like and what our predictions were.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if Dino's going to make it, but, you know, I'll, Never give I'll up. hold on to hope.
1: Remember, Patrick Sharp and Chris Kunitz made the Olympic team.
2: Yeah, well, you know, there were certain people that are going to be rooting for Zach Hyman to on there, so...
1: He's uh, our Ken, generation's Brendan Morrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Ken Robinson, Holland's a hockey candidate, the guy.
1: I believe Carter McDavid does the Cindy Crosby thing where it's like, he has to have the line mate. Like, he has to have the Chris Kunitz on on the well, Olympic team. Well, I mean,
2: team. no offense, but, like... You know, like Who's the best? Who honestly was like, is Gensel Crosby's best ever line mate? Because, like, I, I don't think to this point, like, McDavid's had, like, no offense to Josh Archibald, he's not Kunitz or Dupuis, right?
1: I mm. really listening? No. Yeah.
2: no. You know, okay. Yeah. The good thing, <laughs> though, isn't the projected
1: goalier. lines this year that I saw for the Oilers. I know we're going to go back to the Olympics, but the projected lines I saw where yeah. finally Josh Archibald is either an extra or he's on the fourth line. So, you know, there is some some degree to, of depth that, there. You know,
0: you know that that's really nice, I guess. But uh, you let come back to me twenty games into the season and uh, let me know where Josh Archibald's been playing.
2: You know, <laughs> looking at like Olympic rosters, like the debate is already started when it comes to like extra defensemen. Like there was a poll about like who was it? It was would you rather pellic Riley Shabbat and I can't remember the fourth defenseman. And the the snub list, I mean, it's going to be because it's been so long since we had an actual, like, legit Olympic roster. I don't think we've really seen how just visceral it can get, especially because if you have a guy like Morgan Riley there, all of a sudden you can drag in the Leafs fans into the argument. And that's what's going to make it so much fun. And then... What about oh, Darnell Nurse was the fourth one. Yes. And then you get into a debate. Is it Nurse or Riley? And then you have the Oilers coming, <laughs> and it's going to be so much fun. Um, yes. Oh, I don't know. And then you have Ooh. Alex
1: arguing for Justin Hall on the right side. I know. Exactly. That's exactly. when the argument gets there. That's yeah. What I'll be arguing.
2: About. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about this. Yes. Let's like, talk about who's this. the more complete defenseman? Uh, Jake Muzzin or Morgan Riley? Jake Muzzin. Why Take does Muzzin mind. not get enough love? He he didn't he wasn't he on Team Canada for the World Cup? Yeah, I'm he was for a cup of rest- hockey. Yeah, yeah, for because he plays with Dally. He played with Dally. He played like one like, like, like,
1: two games, I think.
2: Like like yeah. it's, seriously, it's a thought. It's it's a thought. It like a thought. if if, if was younger enough to be on this roster, you would think to yourself, would Colton Pareko be here because hockey Canada?
1: I think the one thing is, I'd love Jake Muzzin. By the way, I really do love Jake Muzzin. But I think oh, it's yeah. the only drawback I have with him is just the injuries.
2: I mean, yeah, it's been
1: consecutive and I know they they factor into that a lot because I remember when Ryan Getzlaff almost did not make the team and then remember that they invited Jeff Carter yes. and then at the last second, <laughs> Ryan Getzlaff was like, I'm okay. My doctor here, my doctor's in Anaheim shows it and they're like, sorry, Jeff, I know we invited you to Vancouver, but you're not, you're going to be in the press box and you're not part of the team.
2: It's all right. That's all right. He got some cups out at him. He's yeah. all right. Jeff Carter had a decent career. Well, he's, he's still around, just, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's still playing. <laughs> it's very weird. He got
1: protected, remember?
2: I yeah, I, I, I remember called it. I I, called I, it I I I call it, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't want to brag or anything, but you know. Um, yeah, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? anything else in the Olympics? Well, oh, like, just like who doesn't love Chad in the Olympics. Best on best, Why not? Who's the captain?
0: For Canada? Yeah. Crosby.
2: Like it's yeah, yeah, okay, good. We're agreeing you with know, that. It, it's it.
0: If Crosby's on the team, he's the captain. Yeah, he's the like captain. he could be the extra forward in four four years from now. And he'd I'd, I'd still make him the captain. Like and I actually,
1: you know what I sorry, mean. a random fact. This actually almost happened for Vancouver Olympics. So <laughs> what happened was before Scott Niedermeyer was named captain in the training camp, they wanted to see if Joe Sackett was going to retire or not. And they're like, you are like, either way, when however he plays, he makes the Olympic team. And then when he's like, no, nah, I don't want to, I'm, I'm retiring this summer. They're like, okay, Scott Neymar the captain.
0: He could be like assistant coach. I'd still get them to put the C on the suit.
2: <laughs> yeah. Connor can have an, an, he can have an A if he wants, but like he shouldn't be the captain yet. You, you Imagine, imagine giving, like just, you have to think of having him and Sid next to each other in the locker room and not having Sid with the C. It's just wrong. Even the Rottweilers crying out right now.
1: Sorry, I have, I have so many of these throwback Olympics facts. Yeah, go ahead. But 1998, um, Eric Lindroth was named captain over Steve Iserman, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, what else was on that team? Iserman, Gretzky, Sakic, and Messier. That's
2: just, that's that's wrong.
1: Because Bobby Clark was the GM of the team.
2: And there you go. I'm, I'm, so I, like, I want to see. to me. <laughs> Didn't Lindros at night like, towards his end of the time with Flyers like, get uh, upset with Bobby Clark too?
1: Yeah, they like there's hate a history there. Yeah, there's a history there, but apparently they buried the hatchet during one of the Heritage classics. Yeah,
2: yep. that uh, the, the Rottweiler isn't a fan of Bobby Clark either. Okay, <laughs> um, or maybe he's barking because he knows we're about to talk about all these contracts the Islanders signed today. Um, so it's been announced the Islanders have uh they, they threw out the four deals we were all waiting for. Perese is not among them, but. Michael Russo tweeted out today. Yeah, it's it's happening. We're just kind of waiting for some reason.
1: It's close, contract, but not
2: that close. Apparently, the contract hasn't been filed for some reason. Lou's just kind of sitting on it. No idea why, maybe, but...
0: Maybe there's a maximum of how many you can file in one day that's hidden in the CBA.
2: He's had like three months.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he... What's he, he doing? So, I, I, it's an interesting thing. Um, I, it, apparently, he's really big on taking as much time as possible. Like this is a thing he does. Um, I heard the theory that he was trying to make moves, and he didn't want to know. He didn't want other teams to know what his cap situation was,
2: so oh, he just didn't file.
0: Didn't file the moves because they were in on Tarasenko, right? that, yeah. was, the, that yeah. was the theory.
2: Yeah,
1: Lou that's being Lou. Because I, I remember uh, there are a lot of insiders before people who worked with him that. This is what this is according to a Michael Russo article, by the way. Mm-hmm. That he just if something leaks, he pulls out of the deals right away. Well,
0: that, that happened two years ago, right?
1: That happened with Prise. That also happened with um a like, quite a while ago when I think Patrick Eliash signed like he 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 wanted more money or something, and then he was gonna sign his call. Qual- he was gonna be as a research free agent, he was gonna sign with the Rangers. But then when it leaked, then like it was this whole thing where like Lou was like, he was going to match it, but then he was not going to match it. And then afterwards they decide to go back New Jersey. I don't know. It's the Lou Lamorello powers.
2: Um, if Schneider had leads before the draft, that was going to get pulled too. Um, just the, the that, that guy has something on, on some people. Anyway, though, looking at the contracts they announced today, um it, One's a good contract, two are pretty bad, and one's debatable. And one you can probably guess.
0: So you put it in the doc, and I saw it. I'm like, okay, it was. I'm like, I, I, am very curious to see which ones you think, which ones you put into what category.
2: Okay, I'll just I'll read out the facts, and we we can just get into it. Casey Ezekis at the age yeah. of thirty gets a six-year deal. No,
1: <laughs> I mean I got, like, yeah. okay,
2: listen. So what's funny about Casey Ezekis is he is. This is no. This is going to sound really dumb, but he's like an amazing bottom six player. Apparently, like we we've seen that with the identity line, and even his WAR numbers are really really good. It's for what he does. It's, a, but it's just six years, thirty years old. The AAV is two point five million dollars, fifteen million total. Okay, so that, a lot of money. okay.
0: All right, a lot of term, I think. Term. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, on cap friendly right now, and like the term that he's giving out to all of the Islanders players oh, is insane. Well, just,
2: how we're, so? We're, so how, how do you I,
0: how do you want to do this? You want to go deal by deal?
2: If we could just. I mean, yeah, it's sure. I mean, okay. yeah. What what Instead more? Of coming do you want to say to about because no, this
0: is just a. I just, I think it's the term. I don't know if the, if I have, if it was like cut in half, I feel like we can have a debate about it. It's just the six years. is like.
1: Just loves us guys like
2: that. It's a lot it was, of term. It was five, but then Goudreau signed in New York and it was like, we got to go.
1: <laughs> Two things. By the way, I apologize if you hear an ice cream truck approaching. That's Okay. Daniel, um, my
2: dogs have barked like seven times. Like, okay. That's fine.
1: <laughs> Second thing is, it. yeah, you hear it. Second thing is, um, I remember Lou Morello talked about this when he was in New Jersey. I was just wait for it to pass by.
2: You should <laughs> get an ice cream.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, the show is too important to me. Anyways, yeah, it was. I remember Lou Morello said it before again when he was in New Jersey. He's like, I see my team as a family, and I see what really fits with the guys I want to keep around. Um, this is not a perfect quote, but he said that he'd pay a third liner the same way he'll pay a first liner.
2: I mean, you know, clearly, it's a million and a half off of like I mean, it's it's, it's not far off. It's not far off. It isn't the the difference between like this and Beauvilliers isn't that that bad. bad. Uh, but like the the next one that's a bit like okay, Ilya Sorokin. Signs a deal. It's $12 million for three years. The, the AAV is $4 million. He's played 22 regular season games in his career. 918, say percentage. Pretty good. Uh, 922 in seven playoff games. Uh, a lot of money for someone with minimal NHL experience. Shut up about the KHL. It doesn't count. Um, Why not, though? It has Niko to account Kofskinen. for something.
0: Okay, Miko. Yeah, but he came when he was 32 years old. 32, 33 years old. Ilya Sorokin is 26. He's been playing in the KHL since
1: You're saying Yaroslav Askrov is not getting the experience you, he needs? Because
2: you know what it is with, with 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 Sorokin is that I look at any Islanders goalie and I'm like, I don't care who's in that as long as they're not, you know, I don't know, uh, end of so. his career, Kuroi Schneider. Oh, yeah. You can throw... Almost any goalie. What's weird is this is Sirokin's second deal, and he's yeah. getting four. Like we talked about, like the sort of it's the Shosturkin deal was weird. This one, it's it, you now this now yeah. a few years older than Shosturkin. It's just a, it's just I just don't get why you had to give him four million dollars.
1: Maybe because they know something with Violov. Vial, like, I don't know. Maybe 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 we don't know something of like that because that guy's thirty three.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean you yeah. have to look at. I mean, this is my guess, is how the agent walked into the the negotiations and said, Well, look at all the other contracts that just got handed out. Like I bet he looked called Lou and said, Hey, Igor Shosturkin, who how many games has Igor Shosturkin played? It's not a lot more. Not a lot more, right? And he just got I'm looking looking for it right now. He got more than that. Mm-hmm. But he still got a boatload of money. That's that's the second ar- deal
2: goalies, yeah.
0: Right, like right, like that's the argument. Even Carter Hart got three years at whatever, <laughs> and Carter Hart did not have a fantastic season. Whereas Elias Sorokin, on the other hand, had a had a decent season. Yes, okay, it was twenty two games. Yeah, I, yes, but it was still a decent season.
2: Is his agent Dan Austin So he's he had a negotiation. With, no, I don't. But I'm oh, just no, guessing because okay. he's uh, Russian. Okay. Um, I that's not racist. That's like go look yeah, at Milstein's clients. They're like all Russian. Yeah, so so what's kind of funny? That I'm kind of like I'm imagining is his agent actually isn't who is it? Do you have it up? Who is his agent? It's Dan Milstein. It's Dan Milstein. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 his agent is a uh, Vin Diesel, and he walked in. He's like Lou. You it said was. we're a family, right?
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I was thinking that exact thing. I was thinking
2: that exact thing. So you're giving me, you're giving me four million, man. But it's just like whatever. You can give him, just give him. what It's any goalie with the Islanders. Like who cares? Like they put a better than league average goaltending. Anyone again, I, I could be a Vesna finalist with them. That's just but, that's what I believe. But like whatever, it's I'm, it's better than like Rontar or Anderson.
0: Less right. risk. Um, yeah, I, I'm just scrolling through Dan Milstein's clients. I'm pretty sure all of them are Russian.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. He's the Russian guy. All of them. I'm pretty sure they also
0: just tried kicking him out of signing, um, of bringing on KHL players to his agency. I I think we talked about it on the podcast because he was taking all his KHL players and bringing them to the NHL. And
2: the KHL was not a fan of that. (laughs) Sucks. (laughs) Yeah. It really sucks. (laughs) Is, is, is um, question is Kaprizov one of his clients? No. Oh really? Okay. Oh, I was gonna say maybe no. Kaprizov right now is how mad man. Imagine if you're Milstein and you were Kaprizov's agent, and it was just like going back between the KHL. oh hello there over there, in Minnesota. How are you?
0: Anyway, um, Kaprizov has the same agent as Panera and Bobrovsky and Var, Sorry, and Varlamov.
2: Is that one of the CAA? Who is it? Paul Theophan
0: Theophanos.
2: I do not know who that is. Um. Okay. Well, uh, next, Kyle Palmieri. Okay, this one was a real, I, I I, can't believe when I was looking at the research for this. So Kyle Palmieri at 30 also gets a deal, but it's only four years. Could be worse. Um, $5 million is the AAV. It's $20 million total. So this is your, by the way, bad year in New, New Jersey, but the Devils are bad and his shooting percentage was awful. So this is your Jordan Eberle replacement. Now, I thought Eberle was younger than this. Kyle Palmieri is, I'd say, younger than Jordan Eberle
1: by a year, right?
2: No, yeah, by a by a year. Um, Eberle was born in 1990. Palmieri was 91. I think it's because the only thing people really talk about with Eberle is his World Junior goal. Excuse me, that everyone just thinks he's eternally young. So, what's funny about this is Eberle obviously had the better regular season. Devils just talked about that. So. But Palmieri, we all know how a wicked postseason. Eberle had two points more than him, um, but Palmieri had three goals more. If you wanted to know, now you do. Now, what's really funny about this? Is I was looking it up. So Eberle now in Seattle has three years left at five point five million dollars. So Palmieri is cheaper, and technically being a year younger with four years, it's basically a wash of having Eberle. I just thought that was really weird. So, like, I went in thinking, like, the Palmieri deal was just a mess. But it's basically Jordan Eberly. Right.
0: So, yeah. I, is this in I your no is, this, is this in your, like, debatable category?
2: So, like, Sezikis is just bad, bad. because the term yeah. is just way too much. And, like, <laughs> yeah. that whole line is known for hitting people. You're going to be bad. Shisterkin, I'm like, whatever. Like, it's, a, yeah. like, whatever. Like, and Palmieri's like, I guess I'm wrong about it. Like, I, <laughs> I convinced myself more and more reading Because I'm just bewildered at the fact that Palmieri is younger than Jordan Everly. Yeah. (laughs) It's really weird.
0: Okay. And we
2: have one more, right? So, a national hero, Anthony Beauvillier signs a three year deal. It's $4 million plus some change per AAV. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this. I was recently reminded of this, actually. Do you guys remember when Anthony Beauvillier randomly tweeted at Anna Kendrick saying hi?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. (laughs) And
2: and from there, this is an article from Russian Machine Never Breaks. Some of the replies, if you remember from this, from people. Hi, Tony. Thanks for buying me that donut at Tim Hortons the other day and then holding the door for my grandma and then shoveling the snow in front of her so she didn't get her feet wet, then replacing the snow after so people don't lose their jobs. Uh, hey Bo the folks at NASA called looks like they're going to need you to save the world from another planet ending And yeah I know it's getting old saving the world <laughs> but face it your only hope the entire world owes you ever and Kendrick actually responded to it saying like thank you everyone for telling these stories of this man oh it's just <laughs> hilarious <laughs> like beside that I like, like the guy a lot I mean, more now Like yeah like it's a good it's a good deal three years he's a great two-way four You can score in the top six but i just what really matters is that anthony Beauvillier is a hero to all of us and an example of don't be afraid to shoot your shot kids yes
1: and you know what's a big thing about that too with him he's also best friends with matt barzell that helps yes so this is in your good category
2: Yeah, it's a good deal. I remember I wanted Beauvillier on the Habs. It's like 24, right?
1: 23,
0: 24? Yeah, 24. I I don't mind it at all. Like, sure, it brings him to UFA, but like. Who cares? Who cares? Like, he's going to get better. Right, exactly. He's he's 24. People don't walk away from Lou. (laughs) Oh, like, literally the last two years, did he not? He brought in uh Paggio two years ago right
1: yeah
0: or two seasons ago yeah before
1: the lockdowns and
0: and signed him he brought in Palmieri and we all said there's no way he's going to be able to extend Kyle Palmieri yep and he extended Kyle Palmieri by the way I'm pretty sure Travis Zajak is also going to come back to this team just a hunch
1: what about Andy Green
0: Andy is he Green is—he's already, no, already signed. He's already signed. Oh no. my gosh! Wow, they're eye.
1: keeping the like—he's
0: already signed the
1: whole former Devils team. There,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, just
2: don't, I don't, do know. this,
1: <laughs> he knows who he knows. You know what I mean? Like he knows what remember,
2: he. Remember what he wants like, to bring in? Remember it was like they have to make a move because they got to re-sign Barzell, and he didn't make a move, and, and he re-signed yeah, Barzell. Yeah. By the way, um, before people say Tavares walked away from Lou, no. Doesn't count. Doesn't Luke count. just got there, so don't even try and pull so, that. So the this
0: team has three former Maple Leafs and two former Blue, uh, former Blue, uh, uh Devils. A possible third one if Zajac comes back.
2: Okay, who is who is the Leaf that in Matt mark Richard Panick.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Leo Komarov okay. is gone. I forgot. Okay. Wait, what? Your Where did I'm Leo not there, go? Right?
0: No, he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. So he wait, there's three then, year. right?
1: So yeah, there's three why then. I, that's
2: what I said. Three.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, three. Yeah, Sorry. You yeah. said two devils. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two devils. Palmieri and Andy Green. Andy, Andy
2: Green. <laughs> 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 you, just said, you said it. You said it. <laughs> that's I, I can't. Okay. Actually, Lou it'll Lamoureux. be four.
0: It'll be four devils. Because he has to sign Zajac and Parise. Oh yeah. Oh
1: gosh.
2: I didn't
0: even. I forgot about Parise.
1: Fun fact about those two players. Let's hear it. So they were supposed to go lower in the draft, but Lou like loved them so much, he traded up for both of them. So in 2003 for Parise, and then 2004 for Travis Zajac.
2: I mean, fair enough. Yeah. It's good for him. He knows what he's doing. He's a he's a funny GM. I wouldn't say that to his face because he probably had me kidnapped, but probably, I wouldn't he's say doing. that to his face either. <laughs> um, he probably knows this conversation's happening right now.
0: <laughs> Imagine in 30 seconds this call's going to end.
2: If you see someone with a trench coat in the fedora outside your, your window, guys, that's probably someone the Islanders have sent after you to make <laughs> exactly. sure that you, exactly. you're behaving. Make exactly. sure that you all have the same hairstyle and you've shaved and no individuality at all. No. Okay. Uh, we have some more news regarding signings. These are more uh, extension talks. First off, the Carolina Hurricanes, those cheeky bastards, um, have extended uh, RFA not Evgeny. That's the wrong one. Andre Svechnikov, their former second overall pick, the one before KK. Funny enough, eight-year deal. It's worth sixty-two million dollars. That makes the AAV seven point seven five zero million dollars. I think it's a little rich, in my opinion, but um it was a big deal that they needed to get done. He it seemed to be that he was gonna bet on himself and finish out the season. That's exactly what he did. And he scores goals, which is pretty good, pretty important.
0: I like it. I, I don't mind the AV just because it's eight years. And it's like within how many years could he potentially surpass that that bracket salary bracket. I mean, it could be sooner rather than later. That's if it was less than eight years, we're having a different conversation, but I think this one is down the road. This is going to look like a very good deal and it brings him to 29 years old.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that he's just going to keep getting better. And the fact that he's getting less than 8 million right there is amazing for the hurricanes who are somehow still trying to find ways, how to fit everybody there. And Again, like, he came in at the perfect time where, you know, they had all those defensemen coming up and the big thing that they always talked about with the Hurricanes is, like, they need goal scoring and then they were gifted him.
2: It's new Jeff Skinner, if you think about it. Jeff Skinner yeah. was, like, the only guy in Carolina who could score forever.
1: <laughs> Not that Eric Stahl. And, uh,
2: yeah, but those last few years, he wasn't Eric Stahl anymore.
1: Like, Justin Williams, like, four times.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin Williams. Man, they've... they've this thing with Carolina, they have a. They, besides um, Ron Francis, because everyone kind of forgets he ever played the game of hockey, beside him, it's like Britt really good player, you know, an all time great, no. Williams, like, great playoff performer, good player, superstar, no. They just have a lot of those kind of guys. Eric Stahl, not really a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he could probably sneak in there one day because of, like, the family legacy that that family's going to have. But I don't know. I mean, you won't pay your super duper defenseman, but your offer sheet and then performing young centerman. That's just me, though. But, you know, who am I? Um, Eric I'm Stahl, not
1: I believe Eric Stahl will get into the Hall of Fame the same yeah. way Dave Andrew Chuck did. How's that? The longevity, you know, he had those really high scoring seasons and he never had an individual award, but he had he had everything else.
2: I'm going to be honest with you and say, I think Andrew Chuck's a bit above Eric Stahl. That's just me. I guess like doesn't Andrew Truck have six hundred goals? I think adjustment for era. <laughs> no, that doesn't. No? okay. I don't. They played together, didn't they? Not maybe not the same team, but there were there must have been maybe some overlap a year or two, maybe
1: like by one year because Andrew Truck played one more year before he retired after the yeah. Cup.
2: None of this era. No, no, that doesn't count. No, he,
0: Dave Andrew had six hundred and forty goals.
2: But That's <laughs> six hundred to get you in the Hall of Fame alone. 600 goals. Oh, that's wicked. Uh, 700 is pretty good. 800. See if someone gets there sometime soon. Alex Ovechian. Um, But yeah, Svetchnikov. All right. Um, I think while we're here, we should quickly take a little pit stop about the uh, RF, the uh, offer sheet. Anything be cool with that, guys, quickly?
1: Offer sheet um, watch.
2: Yeah. So I think the they Habs have, have to go Saturday. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently on Sportsnet 590, Eric Angle said, Obviously, guy covers uh, the Habs. Great guy. Right now, I think, quote, right now, I think the most likely scenario is they're going, that's being the Habs, are going to let him walk, being Nemi, and uh, replace him via trade. I do happen to believe they have identified a primary target here, and it is Christian Dvorak out of Arizona.
0: Confirmed. Mark Bergman listens to the 2-on-1 podcast. Oops. I'm just going to say it right now.
2: Give me it up. Give me Christian Dvorak. I'm the former London Knight. Former teammate of Mitch Marner. I saw Max, people saying, hey. No, and Domi, yeah, right. Max yeah. Domi, yeah. yeah. I saw people saying, hey, the Leafs should go get Christian Dvorak. I was Let's like, put him how, does, how said, does that work?
0: And I said, with what money?
2: <laughs> and I said, how about how about this? When the Habs get him, you can have him, but I want Austin Matthews the other way. And then you would say, no, that's silly. And that's what I would say to you saying the Leafs should get Christian Dvorak. And there we are. Yeah.
1: Right at crossroads.
2: Not to mention, he's like a top six centerman. Like, listen, if 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 you wanted that kind of player to be your third line center, then because that's where he's best utilized, then like, you know, it would be a cadre scenario. He's just not in his best position to be used in. Remember Kadri? Right
0: yeah, guy. I do. Oh. I remember complaining. He's, he's on your Olympic on team. right? Olymp- yeah,
2: he, yeah. <laughs> he he was on my meme fourth line. It was it was it was did you know? Because defense, bullcrap. Um, there was it was Mark Stone because he should have been there, and Kadri because he's difficult to play against, and he would take someone out and we'd be good. Yeah, he'd be suspended for the entirety of the tournament, but that wouldn't affect his NHL stuff, and they would have an extra forward. So if you're going to do a shutdown line properly, you do it properly. Yeah, exactly. Because like, what do Canada need more scoring? No, no, they're gonna... <laughs> no. They got plenty no. of scoring. They're like, like Nathan MacKinnon could be a third liner. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, arguably, the second or third best player in the world could be in the bottom six for Team Canada. Like, can we just have that? You know. Anyway, um, where were we? Sveshnikov, or we moved on no, from there. we were on the offer sheet. Oh yeah, so that's what's going on. Dvorak looking like he's going to be a half. That's going to be pretty. Uh, what's be the
1: package for sure. him, Adam?
2: uh first and the third, obviously. Yeah. Um, I best. saw people on Twitter saying that there was this thing of one they they wanted maybe something around the um the Kemper deal. I had a conversation with someone the other day, and I've completely forgotten the fact that I still thought Kemper was a member of the Arizona Coyotes for some reason. <laughs> and that was obviously a first. There was yeah, a no young rush. prospect, Connor Timmins. Yeah, was Connor Timmins. So if you're Montreal, you're giving them the first and the third, obviously. I don't know who the young player is maybe it's more someone more exciting than Gianni Fairbrother but
1: yani yan mishek
2: i wouldn't be surprised i hope not but you know a list
0: captain of names. check there's a list of names to choose from
2: yeah there's some good prospects there still
1: yes yeah. he lonin
2: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, hope not, but, you know. there's If there's one prospect, a.k.a. someone who hasn't played an NHL game for people who are like, is Caulfield? No, shut up. Um, if there's one prospect, I don't want them to trade Matisse Norlander. That's a guy I'm really excited to see. Um, Anyway. More signing news. Yeah. This is a big one. And this is one that I'm, I'm very worried about this team. That's the okay. St. Louis Blues. So today, they have extended Colton Pareko. He gets a million-dollar raise, which is actually kind of interesting. I think if you sign a right-handed defenseman for less than $9 million a year in this economy, it's almost a win automatically. Right. Um, yeah, full eight years, he'll be 37 by the time it's up. Oh, the Arizona Coyotes are going to – oh, sure, the Houston Coyotes by then are going to have some great players. Um, so here's what is really worrying me about this contract, right? I talked to this about with you guys in the uh, in the group chat. Ignore the whole sentence of that structure I just said. I know it was awful. I'm sorry. Here's how I look at St. Louis right now. They're almost like the new Minnesota in a sense where they have a bunch of really, really good players, like some great yeah. players, but they don't have a superstar anymore. Right. Yeah. They have a goalie where it's like, like for a that couple of years, trust. it was like Dubnik's good, but it's like, do I trust Evan Dubnik? No. Do I trust Jordan Biddington? Not really. I don't think I do. I don't. Did any of us have him on our Olympic rosters? No, no, exactly. So (laughs) Biddington is locked up until the end of time. Uh, He's until 2027. Okay. Right. So forward wise, a really underrated long-term deal until 2028 is Braden Shen, who is already 30 years old. Brandon Saw, it. they just kind of added for no reason. Fine deal, but it's like, okay, Brandon Saw's around because we couldn't get Gabriel Lanskog. Cool. They didn't need another eight-year deal that was going to be awful for the back half of it anyway. And then what really concerns me on defense is they still have three more years of Marco Scandella at $3.2 million. And then they've got three defensemen after this year signed at $6.5 million. Justin Folk, who was never the best defenseman in Carolina and is the reason they lost... Alex Petrangelo, Torrey Krug, who was never the best defenseman in Boston, but a complimentary player. And now Colton Pareko, who since taking responsibility with Petrangelo being gone, has never quite been the same, not to mention he's had back injuries, which hello, Jake Gardner. Right. I'm not seeing he's Kevin Shattenkirk levels of how exposed he was when he went to Washington, but I'm just concerned overall with the structure of this team. And do they actually have that player that puts them over the edge now? Like no. what uh, the big question I'm having here with St. Louis and again, Krug, Falcon Pareto, the deal. Oh, my God. Falk and Kruger both up at the end of 2027 as well. Right. I, I agree
0: with everything I agree with everything you're saying, but I I just it's the I just don't see the Pareco deal as as the problem. I see it I see it I think the same way you do and that it shined a light on the fact that this team it could be the new Minnesota once they if they trade Vladimir Tarasenko. But of those three defensemen who make six and a half million dollars, for me at least, I would pick Colton Pareco of the of those three. If I had mm-hmm. to pick one. But that's just me. Like I just I've kind of been attached to Colton Pareco for a couple of years now,
2: and I'm not moving off that.
1: Will Nelander for Colton Pareco rumors?
2: Yeah, we were all thinking. The moment I saw this extension, <laughs> I thought of to the Toronto effects. <laughs>
1: I kind of agree that I really like Colton Pereco. I think that he is a bit of a stability guy. I know that he's not a number one or a number, even the number two on this team. But again, like when I'm looking at these deals and I'm looking at what the Blues are, and again, I'm not trying to just, you know, get on Jordan Bimington's case. Remember, I was, I'm probably his biggest fan on the show. But the way he's I see saying
2: the, that, but, but you just made a conversation about three defensemen into. <laughs> Well, I think is about to bash for joining Bennington.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's about the Blues where they just didn't have that factor that they had after the Cup win, if you know what I'm talking about, where they just didn't have it with what they were doing in terms of the decision-making to to look like a team that could repeat or a team that can consistently get there, like you know a 2010 Chicago Blackhawks or even like a Tampa Bay Lightning. I know the Lightning had different circumstances, but with the Blues, it's just... They had the opportunities to add ev- add these things everywhere. They had an opportunity to give Alex Petrangelo his extension, but they still kept doing this. Where they look like a team that last year was exposed by the Colorado Avalanche, and then what did they do? Like their biggest thing is they get Brandon Saad, who is a great two way guy, but he's not going to help your scoring, and you're going to lose Vladimir Tarasenko no matter what.
2: And, and, and fair enough. They also got Pavlovich. There. Yeah,
1: they did. They did. But that I don't. Know, I'm 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 still kind of. I just want him to prove me wrong with the extension they gave him.
2: The
0: the thing for me, I think, is this project of the St. Louis Blues started going downhill the moment they brought in Justin Falk. Not because yeah. Justin Falk's a bad player. Like I, I think most teams would be more than content having Justin Falk on their team. Like he's a good right handed defenseman. I, I just I can't see any reason not to have him on the team. But you sign automa- you right away sign him to an eight-year extension. Was it eight or seven years uh, extension? And then you th- kind of throw Alex Petrangelo under the bus and are lowballing him. It's it's like, well, okay, who would you rather have Justin Falk or Alex Petrangelo for uh, two million dollars more? Like, I think the easy answer, it's an easy answer. It's Alex Petrangelo.
2: By the way, Falk got a, a seven-year deal, and I believe he was traded for, so that's the max they could have given right.
0: him. Okay. So, so like, I think that's when things, in my eyes, started to go downhill is when that decor kind of evaporated.
2: To correct myself, I think there's a scenario if they had waited until after the deadline, maybe they could have given eight years, like yeah. like with San Jose and Eric Carlson. But remember, they gave it to him not long after they got him as insurance for Alex Petrangelo. Wasn't it so, on the same day? It might have been a sign and trade, yeah. But you know what I mean, right? They They very clearly got him. There and then, just in case, because you can imagine if things got more publicly ugly with Petrangelo's season went on, Falk's number would have gone up and up and up and up. It's just I just worry for the long term that if if Pareko doesn't sort of go back to his his sort of 2015 to 19 South, as I saw some word charts talk about. And listen, no one on this podcast wants to prove, you know, some advanced numbers wrong more than me. Um, It's just, I worry that if he doesn't get back to that plateau, they have three complimentary defensemen running their back end, And that's what I get worried about with St. Louis. Um, And man, it also like, they did get a little unlucky, not with Petrangelo, that was their fault, but that for like three straight seasons per rake, um, Tarasenko didn't have two good shoulders and he was like their driving force on offense like former 40 goal guy like peak Tarasenko was was yucky good. Remember he was like a 91 in the NHL games.
1: I remember that. He was
2: good. Yeah.
1: Was it the cover?
2: Yeah, he was. A, that and, got oh, yeah, no, that, yeah. that got to him. Um, And there it is There's the transition Speaking of the covers For the second time in his career Austin Matthews is on the cover of the NHL games Now it's through NHL 22 And what I don't like Is how lazy the cover looks Like it's just It looks kind of like the same style of it As like last year And like people Like obviously I'm a big video game guy We all are So the the Generation 4 Pokemon remakes Are coming out in November right and the covers are awful. If you know, like, the minimal thing of design. Like, it's a big deal. Like, games get ripped apart for that stuff very easily. And it's like, forget what you think about the cover athlete. We can argue about McDavid versus Matthews all day, and Alex and I can get red in the face about it. Probably. But, like, put some effort into the freaking... Not to mention, Matthews looks like a box in it. It's a very awkward and very... just like It looks like there was no effort put into it. It was just, just a like photo the of him that they... <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. Like for twenty do. for
1: twenty twenty, okay. I at least I remember okay, so I never actually bought the NHL games for a long time until we actually I became friends with you guys. You guys kind of convinced me to get back into it. I'm sorry
0: and, about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm and like 2020,
1: sorry. like I actually liked that one. Like the color palette they had where it was always pink for some reason. In everything with that one, and I thought that was cool. And I thought, okay, I got to get this one. And Dawson Matthews like, when's the next time Maleef is going to be on the cover?
0: Two years later.
1: Yeah, two years later.
2: <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to get the 2021 up, so uh, just so we can. But yeah, it's it's Matthews, but it's like this purplish background, right?
0: Yeah, that there one. it That's is. Twenty. Yeah,
2: and then let's just go to the 2021 cover. And there's Ovechkin and you can kind of see the style of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to 2022 and then it's just, it's, it's just, the same thing. it's a photo. It's just him walking down the leaf tunnel with like the title of it. It, it, it's not even a cover. It's just a photo. That's not how this is supposed to work. And there's the concept art. It's like, here's Matthew's tape in the butt of a stick. Like What? The saw is more like it almost grabs your eye more that's out of focus than you know, uh, yeah, that's
1: true. That's actually that's an eyesore. So ugly, Gary Gould would be mad, He'd rip
2: this thing apart. Yes, he would be.
1: It's not fantastic.
2: It's Why fabulous, is there fabulous. concept art of Jack Hughes anyway? But you see what I mean? Like, that's just that's that's awful.
1: So, which version are you guys getting? Uh, the X Factor awesome. edition,
0: whatever, whatever whichever one is on sale.
1: Yeah hey, can you describe me what it's... is the X factor edition like why is it I don't an know. X factor?
0: They'll probably give you like the free packs for HUD and then just some random thing from world of Chell that no one's ever gonna use. And, and it's just it it's just uh it's so disappointing
1: in, in GM mode no matter what you can't get Mitch Minor off Austin Matthews line like it's just like that's the feature.
0: That one hurt a little bit. I'm sorry. sorry. That Otherwise, that they, they go back to Zurich for a year and you that lose stung. them. stung. That stung. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm so
2: what, what's worrying about this is, so I feel like it's almost like people on Twitter don't know what they're talking about. What? So everyone, everyone was like, hey, new engine, right? So here's the problem. If you don't know a thing or two about EA. Okay, listen, I've been doing a lot of stuff on game engines lately, right? Um, Like, just, like, watching a lot of stuff, reading some stuff. For those of you who don't know, a game engine is almost like the foundation upon you build your game. Graphics and that. Um, A game doesn't necessarily need a new engine. So, for example, the GTA, like Rockstar, have used the same engine for, like, more than a decade. Um, Like, this random ping pong game they had back in the day. Maybe even the Bully series is the same one that GTA 5 and, and Red Dead use. And look how great those games look, right? It just takes developers to con- like, continuously sort of update and make that engine more suitable. Now, the big problem with the Frostbite engine, just because it sounds like wintry doesn't mean this is exclusively for an NHL game. Mm-hmm. This is what EA use across all their games. It was originally used, I think, for the Battlefield franchise from DICE, which EA then acquired. So this is an engine that is now used across all EA games. In fact, NHL are extremely late to the party of using it. Yeah. And it's originally used for first-person shooter games. Oh, is now, it
1: Fr- Frostbite, right? Yeah, It's
2: Frostbite. Now, yeah. normally, you will see the improvements maybe right away. Um, and we'll talk about like the gameplay stuff seems to be very mixed. But year two, three, four, sometimes the graphics even get worse. And the gameplay stuff, again, how can you have legitimate expectations that it's going to be game-changing when the engine for a company that for certain franchises tunes out the same thing year after year is going to be sort of edited to the point of fine-tuned where your mind's going to be blown about it? It's just, it's extremely unlikely. It's just, it was a bit like, ah, you know, just... Twitter hey, calm down it, people
0: calm down it, it was just disappointing when they released the gameplay trailer and there was like 30 seconds worth of gameplay and that 30 seconds worth worth of gameplay like the gra- like I don't know what it was it did not look good at all like it it didn't like it was just and and it's like I I get it's for a first person shooter that's what it would the engine was created for but FIFA has been using this engine for like three or four years and the last game they just put out, like FIFA 21, even FIFA 20, there was like considerable steps forward in terms of like how it looked and the way the players interacted with the ball. Like they don't. It's just like how do you how do you just screw this up this bad? And now FIFA is using a different engine. Like NHL is now still an engine behind.
2: Now, what's what's even more funny about that is technically the two, co- the two parts of EA that work on the FIFA games are EA Vancouver and EA Romania. Now, what? who works on I the NHL games? Yeah. So and who works on the NHL games? Vancouver. Vancouver. So developers that can clearly see it didn't work for one franchise are now going to the very, very bottom of the rung, a.k.a. the NHL games. Now, I'm pretty sure either. I think it's the present of EA right now is the guy who introduced the ultimate team system originally in fifa aka the money making scheme. So if you think his golden boy franchise wasn't going to get all the love and like best sort of features here what the heck do you think the nhl franchise is going to get? It's uh it's it's not i don't think either of us are going to pay full price for this. We're going to wait till it goes on do. sale a month yeah. later. And uh, it's it's just disappointing. And even like the beta stuff has been mixed. Like like gameplay, it's a little clunky, but the menus look nice. I
0: don't care about the menus. The menus are like the last thing I last thing I think about. <laughs> it's
1: it's just funny that like that's the improved part that we've seen so far.
0: I, I saw a quote about GM connected because I think someone asked the, one of the developers. It's the guy, I don't remember his name, but it's the guy who always goes around and does interviews around this time of year. I can't remember his name, but they, someone asked him about GM connected, and they're like, it's in the works or whatever. Like he gave some generic answer. I'm like, it's been in the works it was, since it came out of the game.
2: So what they, the, the quote was something along the lines of um, this generation, we were focused on adapting to frostbite paraphrasing obviously um but gm connected is um something that is in the long-term plans i believe was was around what he said yeah which is like okay cool what does that mean um we didn't have time to work on it but we want to bring it in i guess they've been saying that for years
1: we'll see what happens that's what
2: they said it's a it's an ongoing story a story to keep an eye
0: on what happens first we get gm connected or the leafs went around like, I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, Leafs went Leafs around. I have a
2: chance this year.
0: Sorry, I mean, say that again? I didn't hear what you what,
2: said. David, I mean, you know, the Leafs have the next shot. The games oh, yeah, are yeah. coming out. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know.
1: It's actually in the works.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing. It's something that they're fine-tuned now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> Try to make me feel better. Thank you. Thank you.
2: I don't know. Uh, it's a good question, but you know, law of averages say that, say the least. I it's just weird, man. And you know, the yeah, you talked about the gameplay tw- trailer. Tra- ah, trailer more than two minutes of actual trailer. No, no gameplay. No gameplay. So, um, but X Factor, the the stupid X Factor thing. It's like so. Matthews is known for his curl, drag, and shoot. It's like okay. So what's the point of the attributes of a player then, if not just to make them do certain moves a little better. Like, you know, shouldn't Ovechkin have the best, like, slap shot one-timer in the world, like him and Weber? Because they're the ones who can actually shoot, you know? And that, not have, like, Patrick Laine, even though he, I don't think he's ever taken a slap shot in his life. Because it's just wristers. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't get it. That's just me, though. Uh, that's just me.
0: I think that's a lot of people.
2: Yeah, well. I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, but, but with the lining one you know, he's more no more for that like, wrist, wrister like 20 feet out, you know what I'm saying?
1: I think he's a power forward.
2: Uh, they wish. Depends they wish. on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had him classified as one, because, you know, they seem to hate doing. the way it works. Jeff Petrie, still defensive defenseman, by the way. Timothy Lilligren, still an elite potential, by the way. You gotta love that. He's he a legend. Uh, yeah, he's up there with, like, um, who was it, like, Alex Cirela, who was always, like, a, a referee agent you could sign. He turned into, like, an 84. And he'd be wicked wicked good. You know who's pretty wicked good, though, is Jack Eichel. Uh, he switched agents. He's away from Peter Fish in that. And he switched over to CAA specifically with Pat Brisson. If you don't know, um, the two, I would say, biggest agents in the league, a.k.a. when it comes to value of contract, is uh, really it's on JP Barry Now, like the Newport group is obviously there, but I will tell you this: Paprizon, for those of you who do not know, uh, is the agent for some of the following names in the league. You may have heard of a few of these guys, actually. Uh, John Tavares, uh, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Anzi Kopitar. I'm pretty sure of those were like the first three double-digit in terms of million call like dollar contracts in the league. Uh you may have heard of Claude Giroux. You may have heard of Sidney Crosby. You may have heard of Nathan MacKinnon, Seth Jones, and oh, by the way, Tyson Berry is up there as well. Um, yeah, uh, Tony D'Angelo is there. Uh, he has a lot of the young American players, Turcotte, uh, Caulfield's up there as well, Trevor Zegras. Um, they're a pretty well-known group over there. Um, is J.P. Barry Matthews his agent? Or am I misremembering that? I'll search it up. because it's not like it's not Gary Johnson. Anyway, the way you can kind of maybe interpret this is Eichel clearly didn't see any progress being made with Peter Fish in that. Even though it seems like they did everything they could, like the statements and that. And maybe he goes over to an agent in Pacrisong who, if he can't get it done, no one will. And by get it done I mean work something out with the Sabres. Because we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. And it really looks like Eichel even if he gets his surgery, he's going to miss the beginning of the season.
0: It was Judd Mul. Mold- it's Judd Moldover. Moldover. The
2: hell is Judd? Oh, I don't know why I thought he. It was. <laughs> it was J.P. Barry.
0: But whatever. He also has Yosi warensky Carter Hart, Jake
2: Bean. Anyway, um, on Brisson. By the way, the the people who are like, hey, so Pat Brisson's a great friend of Mark Bergevin. John Tavares went so well, didn't it, guys? <laughs> remember the meeting he didn't give Montreal? I do. I've never gotten over it.
1: Did he give Dallas a meeting?
2: I think he did. Dallas always get one. It's like wow. Dallas, Boston, and like a Californian team always get in there. It's really weird. It was yeah, San Jose, right? It was San yeah. Jose.
0: I, I, this is how I remember it. San Jose, Dallas, Toronto, I believe Boston was in there too,
2: yeah, and and Tampa Boston. Bay
0: for whatever reason. <laughs> Tampa. I'm like I,
2: I don't know how that. They turned worked. down the 13 million dollars from, from San Jose. Uh, yeah, and then they just gave away the, like to Eric Carlson because why not? I still don't. Think, it doesn't feel like anything's happening with like like he's at the Biosteel Steel camp right now. Not getting in traded Montreal. to Montreal. <laughs> yeah. he just says,
1: I'm not leaving.
0: <laughs> that
2: br- I, I can't so.
0: believe that happened in the middle of last episode.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> We're just talking Same. about it. It was just hilarious. And then my voice just gets higher and higher. <laughs> like, like, oh, Jack michaels we,
1: we need a Jordan Belford meme where it's like, I'm not leaving. Not leaving. <laughs>
2: I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't I,
0: leaving. It, it, it's, it, this is such a nightmare of a situation. Like for everyone. For literally everyone, Uh, it's just he doesn't want to be there. The team wants to trade him. He's injured. He they won't let him get the surgery now. Like I think it was Friedman reported that he there was literally a meeting between everybody, the league, the PA, him, the doctors. Like, how could this get worse?
2: Um, he's not gonna report to camp, right? Probably not. Uh. If you don't want him, well, here's the thing. If you're Eichel and you're still having whatever symptoms he's having, he's going to refuse to play. Not to like, I think that the Sabres, the big concern you would have with them, and you know what, Kevin Adams was was probably like, well, happy to have him back. Remember Duchesne? (laughs) Remember how upset he was at Colorado avalanche camp and there's that famous picture of him looking like like he just wants to die. I, like do you want that with Michael? If mm. he's
0: injured I just I can't see him I can see him showing up to camp but not playing because if he doesn't show up to camp and they make this a big deal, then it becomes well he's suspended without pay. And then again, it, again, it's not. That's not also. That's also not a good look. Like it's just it. All this stuff piles up.
2: You also had like limited activity at the BioSteel camp. Like not to right. mention, like I think you have to be pretty committed and pretty convinced to get like a surgical like disc artificial thing in your neck. <laughs> like at some point, like if they wanted your Adam if he's still hurt and unable to play properly at the start of the season, you're not going to get value. But then like, if you had just gone ahead with the surgery when they wanted to get the surgery, he'd be set for camp. Even if you don't get a deal done, you'll then at least have in the beginning of the season for him to play his heart out, get the value back up. See right. people that people see that it's Jack Eichel and then get your King's ransom. But no, you've just, you've done this. You, you could have had yes. have cocky. Yami, guys. But now now it's not gonna happen. Like I'm I'm really curious at what the
0: how much reluctance there is because clearly they're valuing Jack Eichel and rightfully so, they're valuing Jack Eichel as the player he was before he had this injury. And he still had clearly he still has this injury, right? Mm -hmm. But the teams are like, Well, he's not, we don't value him the same way, which is like some teams the the whole Rangers thing that that got leaked it's like insanity about the players they weren't willing to give up but that's a separate story if I'm the Sabres this all could, or could have been done by now he's clearly still injured and if he comes back and is over a point per game in the first 10-15 games there we go his values back and I'm sure a team would be more than happy to pony up I think a lot of it is is that the fact that he's going to come back, you're going to trade him now while he's still injured. He may or may not get the surgery depending on the team he's traded to. And then he's out another four to six weeks, and we're a month away from from the season starting.
2: Buffalo Sabres, guys. Buffalo Sabres. They, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, I know. They, they know what they're doing. It's just they're making the wrong decisions. Um, man, just trade them already. I, I, you know, it's just do the best thing for him. Don't make him you know, crossing the border. Like honestly, guys, you know, just let him stay in Montreal. They're building new condos everywhere. It's you know, trust me. I think, I think he'd enjoy it there. You know, just do him a solid. Like, you know, you want see Weber's contract? He'll be like a coach or something. I don't know. Paul Byron, good character guy. Why not? Great guy. Moving on. You know who's not a great guy? Uh, Mitchell Miller. And I'll tell you who else is not great. Whoever runs the Tri-City Storm. Uh, who are the Tri-City Storms? They are not the Tri-City Americans of the WHL. Let's get that very clear. Um, the Tri-City Storm are a USHL team, which if you're not familiar, that's sort of where American players, or just players mostly in the States, go before they hit the collegiate route. Um, they are also the team that Mitchell Miller played for his draft year before he was famously picked by the Coyotes and then his rights were renounced days later Don't um, listen to that episode But if you kind of want a quick recap uh, He bullied one of his um, Bullying is a simple way of putting it um, uh, To a disabled classmate of his Unspeakable things um, And the coyotes basically got caught With their pants down Almost about the whole thing uh, Didn't have a real response for it uh, And it was kind of thing that Mitchell Miller needs to go back And sort of learn a lesson And um, the lesson has not really been learned because when almost talked about um, the incident, he almost described it as an inconvenience to, uh, I think his name was Isaiah Maya Cruthers was the, was the kiddie bully. Um, you can also tell that because it's the same team that drafted him, that they don't care because they must've known about this either. If they did a background check on it before either. Because he did this, like again, reminder he went to juvie. Um, it's it's a sad day for the sport that he's back and playing again, and again seems like there is no remorse.
0: It's the quote, man. That's what that's what hit hit me. It was the was the quote from a couple weeks ago or last week. I think you sent it to me, Adam. Um, and there's clearly no. Uh, I I don't know what the word is. It just feels like there's no understanding of the wrongdoing here, or he understands it and doesn't care, which might be even worse than, like honestly is probably worse than not understanding is knowing it and not caring. So that that's what gets me is that he didn't, there was, it didn't feel like he was remorseful at all. Like he would, didn't feel, there was any, he was apologetic for what he did. And that's, that's the thing is if he came to camp and he's like, you know, I, I, I called him up. I, I called this the um, what's his name, Isaiah. And I, I apologized to him and I did this and I did that we're having a completely different conversation, but he did it. Mm-hmm.
2: And then he said that, like, imagine saying that out loud. <laughs> so the the way it was set up so in the press conference he called his bullying conviction an inconvenience to the team and then also this is an SB nation article um later on it's it's basically this is after signing um yanni or joni sorry she's god some of the hockey players here like like you think about like some names like especially like the scandinavian ones where they, they don't pronounce the, G, the j but joni Mayer-Carrothers, carruthers um who's who is i believe the the mother of Isaiah uh, told the athletic again, that the family has not received an apology from Miller who was court ordered to give a written apology, but has not actually verbally given one. So um, this, again, the thing of remorse is still a massive question.
1: Yeah. I think for this is just what Alex said. It is, there is a process and he was been given a full NHL season or, you know, within a year, like more than a year, actually to really see at what, he had to do in terms of you know really reconciling the situation and it starts with an ap- a real apology it starts with really showing that sense of remorse and you know just going to his victim and saying like sorry this is what happens but no he what he said a few weeks ago is again it's also what got me as well that th- there isn't some form of you know he didn't he didn't change from where he was previously and the fact that he, he was still given this opportunity, even though that nothing's changed is it's, it's, it's bad. It's like, it's a bad look both for the coyotes. And again, it's a bad look both for the league as well. And the way tri-city was able to do this and just overlook all of this, because I have never heard of something before where you get renounced your NCAA scholarship and your junior still, your junior team still takes you back when it's been a previous situation like this.
2: They'll see him almost as an overrager. So he'll naturally, even with a year off, I'm sure he was skating in that. Uh, This is another sort of quote that came out of this. Um, A bit more of an expanded one about Miller and the whole incident. Quote, I was unable to reach out to them after the incident. This is to the family, to Isaiah and all that. Um, But I think eventually I would definitely reach out and obviously say I'm sorry for all the inconvenience I caused when we were 14 with their family and the child. I mean every part of that statement is awful like n- not not mentioning the name the like inconvenience I would definitely reach out and obviously say I mean it it feels almost like it's so juvenile it's sassy almost it, uh,
0: I I don't know I don't know I I don't know what to say cuz it's just it caught me so off guard the quote when you sent it to me Caught me completely off guard.
2: You think it's from a, like a troll, like meme account, almost.
0: Like, it's just like, this isn't, I I, I don't know how to it, take in that information because it's been, a, what you mean? Eventually. What, what does that mean? Like it's when you were 14, how old is he now?
2: 20, 21, 19. Must be 19. Max so
0: 20 it's been five years.
2: Not to mention, you know, Six. after the whole the, the hoopla, he's still nineteen, he'll be twenty in December. Not to mention, with all the hooblaw last last year, a year ago for the draft, did you not think, listen, if there's a time I really have to go all out and really try and apologize and reach out, it would have been the past 12 months. Mm. I, I'm curious
0: at what was so important? that he was doing that this, this just couldn't be done because it's not like it was it, this would have been difficult. It really no. wouldn't. Cause it seems like from the other side that they're, they're more than willing to hear it out. Like this is in a case of, I don't want to talk to the person. This is a case of we are sitting here waiting. Like there's no, yeah. there's no confusion going on here. Like this is very simple, what you have to, what the bare minimum that you have to do. And, and it's been years, and let alone the last 12
2: months, you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it's, it's hard to turn off of this. but um, And then the last thing is, if, if you're any USHL team, much less the team that should know him the best, like, like the Storm, and knowing that there was no apology and you bring him back, um, like shame on everyone involved. Shame on everyone involved. Um, Thomas Hurdle. Uh, is a name that's been out there for the past couple of uh, of days. Uh, apparently, there's some Kevin Kerr's article on the Athletic. Uh, paraphrasing quickly here, um, it looks to be that there's a real possibility that um, Thomas Hurdle may want out of Arizona. Um, not Arizona, sorry. I okay. do um, Yeah, I mean the mess is all over the place. Um, out of San Jose because he is one of the group's of, one of a few players that is not happy with the Evander Kane situation, all that around the room. Again, if you think about it, Thomas Hurdle has been around that team for a long time. He's not as young as you think Thomas Hurdle. 27 so, now,
1: right? Yeah. It feels 2012, like forever, right? You
2: know? Yeah. Like, you know, he, he would have been a, like a big part of that, like the real Marlo Thornton prime Vlasic, um, like Paul Martin days, right? Um,
1: not the prime minister.
2: No, not the, no, the, the defenseman, the defenseman. Yes. <laughs> um, now, like, uh, listen, I think everyone got a little excited with this. Uh, he has a year left on this deal, so um, extension talks, you would imagine. It's also said in this Curves article that he's not being shopped. Uh, Doug Wilson's made that very clear. However, it is more, and, like, there's been stuff coming out about Evander Fien that we purposely not talked about because I it, it, it just it, – there, it's starting to come like more of just talking. There's almost this gossipy yeah. TMZ vibe to it that we're just we we're no not going to dive in into talking about it. The only reason we're talking about this is because it, it's 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 Thomas Hurdle may wanting out, and it, it Thomas Hurdle is it's probably one of the more underappreciated players in this league because two way game is great. He's really hit his offensive stride the past couple of years. Um, like this is a guy who honestly, if he got like eight million on the open market, I wouldn't be surprised. And not to mention, when it comes out and the Habs are looking for a centerman, like you knew it was going to blow up, and we kind of had to talk about it. But like, let's be honest here, guys. If you have to choose between losing Thomas Hurdle or bringing in a Vander Kane, like overall better players, it's Hurdle. Like regardless of off ice stuff. Yes. But, yeah. like, I think the bigger thing to say here is the Sharks need to move on from Evander Kane yesterday at this point because now you're starting to lose core players. And he's not a young player, but he's still got a great lot of years left in him. Yeah. And if this sort of bleeding effect to the younger parts of the roster continues, yeah. like, it's it, you don't want Evander Kane around William Eklund. No. Absolutely not.
0: No. two Two things – First, I, I don't know how you get rid of Evander Kane. Like no one's trading for that. That's more than clear. That's the a huge buyout. He, the only way he's leaving is buyout or some type of mutual termination, which I also don't think is going to happen. Because why would he? Why would he terminate the contract? Like I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's playing in October. To be honest, yeah. But that's a separate discussion. Um, secondly. To me, it, from the way I read the article, to me, it sounds more like he has an issue with the way management handled it. And if that's the way he's thinking, it, is even getting rid of Evander Kane enough? I think so. Because this is you're... just think about it. It's not, this isn't a one year problem, right? This has been the way it seems, as this has been, he's been an issue. For multiple years, and they've kind of brushed it aside, like there was the quote in, in um, whose article was it might have been Kevin Kerr's article pretty much saying that multiple players went to go talk to Doug Wilson about it, and they were just told this is normal. Mm hmm. So, I, I think, to me, it yeah. sounds like it's a bigger issue. Sorry,
1: go ahead. I, I kind of agree with that, Alex. That it is a very big issue right now. And, again, we're not going to look into the, too many of the details with the van that came for this one. But what way I'm looking at is it is just, it's just mounting frustration because you're already having core guys not want to be there. But when you look at that core, it's like, look what they've been the last two years. It's like there's not really much on the Sharks right now that has shown that they, they could be a contender, that they could change they could turn this around quickly and like there's in such a precarious situation because Thomas is really the guy that he hasn't signed his long-term extension yet that he he can leave right like he doesn't have like a a Brett Burns or a Vlasic or a Carlson type of contract and I could I could see from his perspective with that is that this guy wants to explore now he wants to kind of see what's out there because he is really in his prime but Again, like, if he signs long-term with San Jose, like, what, what will they be able to show in maybe three or five years?
2: Well, a big part also about the Kevin Kerr stuff here is, is beside Kane, like, obviously Kane's a big, like, you know, you're probably around these guys more than your own family, especially the last year. And you would imagine anything with Kane over the last year, especially would be even, even worse because of how close contact it would have been to him, is, is, is apparently Hurdle's not interested in a rebuild. <laughs> And um, it, it's really weird He Kerr's, um, He he referenced Montreal as an example of the Rebuild on the fly I <laughs> so that was kind of funny um, But it, it, that's also a big Part of trying to keep Hurdle There was a quote from Hurdle himself saying "Like I want to stay, it's like my second home I started playing hockey here I got 500 games here San Jose means something to me If you can build that connection Especially like Thomas Hurdle is I think he's Czech. Yeah, Czech. Yes. Well, Thomas, obvious. <laughs> yeah, we well, had this conversation. Dude. Like, you need to like. I don't think like the ship has sailed. But even if it's not the only thing you can do, and like competitiveness is such a thing. And again, the money he could get in the open market, like you're probably fighting an uphill battle. But like, let's be honest. If they find some gambling stuff on Kane, like then you probably have. The termination of the contract there right. yeah, like a yeah, lot pause. has to happen But like Kane is the first step And it's more than just hurdle there Again it's, it's the whole organization Like there has to be a boiling point Right and it being public I imagine has to put even more pressure Like I, again like Like just common sense dictates And it, it doesn't really help with a lot of GMs It's like forget Like first off again ignoring everything But Kane he's a winger and you have this like star Setterman that's just sitting there like you your franchise goes back how many years if you lose Thomas Erwin. the work they put into that guy too that's not easy to replace like San Jose Doug Mister Wilson sir please like do what you have to do I'm sure like listen I'm sure they can figure something out at some point like not to mention you got to imagine maybe at some point there's going to be a team thinking hey there. I can fix this because I mean, I mean like, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, The Habs, the the Habs drafted me, you guys like, you know, like, like, you know, I
0: know, but this is very, like uh, I this Evander Kane stuff is extremely public. Like this is more public than I think any, any other incident And the NHL is full of incidences. It's just, this one is so public that uh, I I don't. I say this, but I know I'm gonna be wrong. I, I just I can't see a team doing it.
2: And Antonio Brown is still playing in the NFL.
1: I'm gonna lie. I'm checking right now on cap friendly. Yeah. And an Evander King buyout would actually not be that bad.
2: Are the windows done for that though? I think so.
1: Yeah. It will be. Just I don't know you could tell them for the one year until the summer. Don't play.
2: And just send him home. Just send home. him. You find a reason to suspend him without pay and just sort of tell the guys, like, listen, this is going to be done. Yeah. Maybe. I'm sure it can be done. That I'm happens in the sure.
1: NBA a lot where, like, they tell, like, a guy who's making a lot of money that they're, like, don't come to practice.
0: <laughs> and then we're going to buy like, the yeah. and then sign.
1: Like, you you're going to be in the press box. Like, you still have to come to the games because you're part of the team, but you're in the press box.
0: Yeah. But Gary, usually- it's,
2: <laughs> it's Doug. I need help. Well, you're an American team, so I'll give it to you. Like. <laughs> and you're in California, right? So, exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay, this is my prediction. It's going to, they're going to find something of cause here. I don't know when, but they're going to do the Mike Richards route.
2: Hi, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> think's a little different. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean... <laughs> I don't think if Vander Kane's been caught at the border with something he shouldn't have, along with a bunch of his other teammates. I mean, you know...
1: Okay, I well, mean, you know, because the gambling thing is pretty... I know it's still an allegation if, at this point, if, but if, if there's yeah. proven... Yeah. If it's proven, then I think that's something that could be caused as well.
2: Yeah. A little, yes. little I'm sure if they try hard enough, they'll they'll find something. I'm sure
0: something something will be done about this.
2: Yeah. Um, But in the meantime, like just, they have to do something. They have to do something. Otherwise, like the whole thing, the whole repetition of the organization is really like, it's hanging by a thread at this point. Not every zone of bad, actually, but. Don't you find it interesting how, and I I noticed this
0: a couple of days ago, like as I was reading the Thomas Hartle stuff, how quickly things have changed in San Jose. Not necessarily the team on the ice but the the locker room as soon as there's no more joe thorne and patrick marlowe it completely changes and and i mean that sounds obvious but when you're in that locker room for that long your presence must rub off on other people and it just seems to be that either it did rub off on people and it's just sour or it didn't rub off on people. Cause we have this discussion about Boston and Tampa Bay. Like they're never going to have an issue signing guys for under market value because there's a, there's a organizational pyramid there. You Mm -hmm. can't make more than Sidney Crosby. You can't make more than whichever guy. It it just, there's something missing here. And I just, it's so it's, it's weird. It's weird to me.
2: Well, you still think about, yeah, Marlow had those couple of years when he was in and out and out and out and out. Yeah. No offense. Is, 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 is Joe Thornton the type of guy who can lead a team on his own? No. No, but it's not. he he'd be a good. Well, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Because okay, think of it like this, too, right? You can forgive a lot of stuff when you're winning, too, and the Sharks haven't been winning for a long time now. And it's like all of a sudden, like, you can listen to your boss, but – if you're at a company and you know you're losing thousands and thousands in your job, is you're a guy who, man, I'm a member of the Sharks. Like, I will have a big ticket. So, if they need to get an asset or something, I'm going to be the guy moved out. Even if Joe Thornton's a great guy or Patrick Marleau's is a great guy, you only listen to your boss, but until you start getting sick of your job or you hate it, I wonder if there's that sort of like, man, we just got caved in by the Golden Knights again, like pack it in about pucks in deep. I wonder if it's that type of thing. And again, like, like the, the, the Sharks just aren't what they used to be, you know. It's just like and the Eric Carlson stuff just hasn't been great. Like, imagine you have another guy like who's a leader where it's like he, you can clearly see where your team's at and the direction they may have to take. And you just want to be a part of it, but then you know they can't move him because he took all this money. And I just wonder if it's just if there's, they're getting a bit too divided there, and like. Is And we've talked about, like, it was almost weird that that same year that Marlowe left and Couture was made captain was just never the same. And let's not forget they lost Joe Pavelski, too. Like, how massive was that?
1: That was huge. I think that was that along with the Vegas loss and then Joe Pavelski leaving that. Yeah. I think those were the two factors. But again, like what we've said before, this team. And I know, you know, they were winning for a while, but this team is a desperate need for rebuild, but because of those contracts. And I know I've mentioned the Islanders as an example before, but I know different situation, different type of leadership group there. But with the Sharks is, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I don't see them taking the, the LA Kings kind of path with things because Logan Couture is not Anze Kopitar. And all of the defensemen right now, and I know that they've been good before, but in terms of injury, in terms of age, none of them are Drew Doughty.
2: Kers did say, by the way, this thing is like they 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 can't look at doing the full rebuild.
0: Like it's just, it's not an option. You know what I think it's comparable to, and Adam, you made this point two or three episodes ago now about Nashville when I'm when you, we were talking about how they can't do a proper rebuild necessarily because if they start sucking majorly, they're going to lose out on. Uh, ticket revenue because no one's going to show up. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the case here in San Jose. They can do it in LA because how many tourists go to LA? A bajillion people from Montreal, people from Toronto, people from New York. uh, There's people who go to LA to watch games, right? So they can do that, but it's not the same in San Jose. No, who's going to... I don't know, but I don't know many people going to that, a- that area. So I, I wonder if it's a similar situation as, you know, we can't really rebuild because if we tear this down, we're going to have zero fans in the stands.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The teal could only go so far. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Um, I think we can put a bow on Kane and all that and San Jose there mess. That's why they were like the second worst team on the front office ranking. Where's their vision, guys? Because I don't know. Um, we have we have gone a little long here. Um, so let's just quickly wrap up with um, Flyers. Kind of skipped over the Sean Couturier was very very quietly extended, eight years. Uh, kicks in at the start of next season. Obviously, the AAV is just. This is a really just good contract 7.75 I That's was worried amazing. that he was gonna get at least eight which like he would have like because it's like well mean like, vortex's gone and I'm better than Giroux now yeah. so pay me but like they I think Philly needed a big undisputed win of a contract and Couturier was just so stupidly underpaid and he just wanted he won the sulky not long ago either so
1: Love I, it. I,
0: yeah go ahead Daniel.
1: I like it I like it that um You know, the Flyers, when it comes to trades, they usually are the guys that overpay, I think. But when it comes to guys that they've homegrown, there's something about loyalty in Philadelphia that I've seen that Sean just ran with it. And he knows that that's where he fits for the team. He knows that, really, he is their best forward right now. And he sees something there that I've had doubts with Philly with, with, with what they were building and what they were trying to do now. But he sees something there. He sees the vision there. That they, they they could be a contender or something.
2: And you know, a lot of money. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
0: yeah. I
1: think we get eight, to be honest. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, like I if he hit the open market, I I, I can't imagine the the, you Jeff the Skinner money. he would get. Honestly, I bet there's a team who would give him Jeff Skinner money though. I, I know you say that jokingly, but I feel like there would be. <laughs>
2: It's hilarious, by the way, that, like all these defensemen signing these big $9 million contracts and Jeff Skinner is still like May bottom five worst contracts in the league. And like Dowdy and Carlson are there, too. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. no, but, like the, like those are the really bad deals that just sort of like like it's so bad that even, you know. After after like an ass like a meteor shower of an awful season of just terrible deals after terrible deals you're still at the top you survived but (laughs) it's in all the wrong ways. Um, another thing. Yeah. We don't talk about wrestling a lot. No. Like, you know, it was a really pleasant surprise when you just hop on Twitter one day and you're like, "What? CM Punk's back in the wrestling? And AEW? What's this stuff about? What's what's all this shenanigans? I heard AEW." no aew okay even the great chicken strips at a the moment they they aew
0: not a w they are having yeah. themselves a couple weeks uh i heard there was rumors about cm punk but then the fact that he came out was like oh it was just
2: incredible there's been like cm punk may come back for years but at this point it was just like no he's not and like they, they had cult of personality too which yeah. is like, wait a wait a minute, and wait it was up. him, and he was there. He looks great, by the way.
0: He does, he does. He was on Thirty One Thoughts. I still, yeah, you we'll get was. him on the yeah. Two on Bump podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the first thing Chicago tweeted about that wasn't like, ah, you suck, wasn't it? He tweeted about him.
0: <laughs> they, but I'm I'm genuinely excited for I don't know whatever reason. Like I honestly stopped watching wrestling. Once he left, I tried. I really did. I really did. Like, just for the fun of it. It it just got horrible.
1: You do a watch party.
0: Yeah, like,
2: about what? Like, just watching his wrestling? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Just something. I don't know.
2: It was like, he was (laughs) that friend. It's like, you go out with, and he's not afraid to say anything to anyone. And then it was like, he was the champion, I remember, for like, ever. It was great. And then, like, they took it off of him because they were using the rock and Cena. As like a main event oh, yeah.
1: It's
2: like what is this about And he was like having this match with Jericho And it was like well like this is fun this I don't want to watch like Cena and Rock And I remember back then it was like Cena saying you left the business And then all these years <laughs> later And it's like well John How the turn tables. How fast is the... <laughs> how <the laughs> <bad>. t- Like
1: <laughs> legit One of the
2: like, the like cheesiest movie. Seriously like oh my god Talk about like Talk about you either die here or live like long enough to be a villain. John Cena is the Joker. Like That oh. was hilarious to see.
1: I'd like to see that. John Cena is the Joker.
2: No, no I, I would not. not. No. He doesn't have the personality. <laughs> well, pool, you no, wouldn't be Mark... able to see him, right? So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mark Hamill would, is the only you one would, you should get that. He would be the best <laughs> Joker because you would never be able to
2: see him coming. I, I, no. Okay. <laughs> um unfortunately it, it is a, a sad way to end the show um it's been it's been more than a week on this because time doesn't exist anymore uh the past few weeks have been really rough in hockey um so just at the end of the show we at least like to say a word on um on, unfortunately it's a few passings uh Ronan Sharma, Caleb Reimer, Parker Magnuson, the trio of teenage hockey players that uh, lost their lives in the high speed car crash. They were all members of the Delta, uh, Delta Hockey Program, or Academy, I should say. Um, to Rod Gilbert, Mr. Ranger, the Rangers' all time leading scorer, um, a true legend, passes away at the age of 80, and uh, the one that's hit home to a lot of people as well. Uh, Jimmy Hayes um, passes away at the age of 31, the day after his son's birthday. I'm sure everyone's seen some of the great tributes coming out, um, especially with Hayes. Like, I know not everyone loves Barstool, but you know what? They've like Spit and Chicklets did some great stuff. Even at a service, his brother had a great story that people should go check out, get some tissues, though. It's really sad. Um, Barstool's president even had something to say about it. So, um, it's it's says we 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 always talk about it, especially like going back to the Walter Gretzky stuff. It's the stuff that you hear about after someone's passing that shows just how important they they were to people. And when you see someone like Rachel Doray say, like Jimmy Hayes, one of the real good guys, um it's it's harrowing to say the least. Mm-hmm. And um I think anything to say on that, guys, or it's 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 a hard way to end the episode, but we were going to feel, we felt bad we didn't mention it with Will. Again, we, we ran out of time in that episode. Um, so we, we felt like we needed to mention it um, before, you know, kind of going forward, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Daniel?
1: Honestly, just like for me is the Jimmy Hayes one, if I'm going to just add one comment to it is, it really did kind of hit me in a way because he, I know he never played for the Leafs, but the fact that he was drafted by them, he was someone that I really followed in the real juniors and and i followed in the real juniors followed his university before the Leafs decided to trade him and again like yeah he was that high character guy that was someone that was pretty outspoken like he played that role of what you wanted on a team eventually like when he was when he went to the bruins like he was like that bruins guy but like he was that character guy so it is kind of weird to me because like he in like an odd way just because he was drafted by the Leafs but also because like because of that, I knew his background already coming into the league. It's just weird. It's like a guy, part of my childhood, but someone that, like, it's so young.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, all of them. All of them are just – there's four of them right there that are so young, especially those teenagers. It's just – it's disappointing. It's disappointing.
2: Yeah. So if anything, I guess we can say this episode's for all of them. Again, Jimmy Hayes, Rod Gilbert, uh, Ronan Sharma, Caleb Reimer, Parker Magnuson. Um, and again, respects and condolences to the family, all of that. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll end it there. Um, no silly outro, no need for that. So um, we'll see everyone next time.